Y'all can have a seat. I know, a little late in the game, I huh? think they all did. It's always good to affirm people, though, kind of like we're going to do this morning. As you can see, this is a little bit different. This is way different for me. Like, this is like, I have never tried this before. Y'all praying for me, right? <laughs> and everybody's thinking, yeah, well, you've got the good end of the deal. I've been saying all morning, if we made it through the preparation for preaching together. Yes, that's we're, true. We're still alive. We still love each other. Yeah, still speaking to one another. Yes. So, yes. That's it. Yeah, I didn't sleep on the couch last night, which is a bonus. <laughs> I've never had to do that. Maybe that's too much information. Sorry. That we will, we will go there notes. today. Don't worry. In case you weren't. Okay. Yeah, your bottle's going to have to sit over here because okay. it's like we're going to get a major. So, yes. <clears throat> Welcome to Home Improvement. If you haven't been here for the last whatever it's been, few weeks, uh, we're, we are well into our series called Home Improvements. It's a relationship series. And so to take things to a very different level this morning, Debbie and I are preaching together. And so uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Um, just a brief recap from where we've been. We started this series um, with the message called um, build, Building Code. Yeah, I can't even remember. Could read it. Building code <laughs> with this idea of God's ideal for relationships. And it's not just marriages, but this ideal for, for relationships that God printed out for us in Genesis chapter 2 was this example of uh, Adam and Eve in the garden with this place uh, and described as they were naked and unashamed. There was this expression of unity, vulnerability, and just authenticity in relationship. And, it, and as we see that, it, it's an incredible blessing and a beautiful image for us today. Naked and unashamed. I mentioned last week that we were going to talk a little bit more about it. This week. Sorry, we keep pushing the notes back and forth. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> we, It'll work. We might have a marital spot here. Mm. Um, naked and unashamed became our marriage's motto. Uh, probably about seven years in. We were slow learners, I think. It was around a time that God was leading us into the realization that he had full-time ministry um, planned for us and trying to figure out what that looked like and praying that through. And I felt like we hit, or we both agreed, that we hit a roadblock. We knew that he had told us that much, but waiting for that next step, it just felt yeah. like there was a wall um, between us and, and, yeah. and God. Yeah. And in prayer one morning, um, while I was doing my devotions, God told me that until I talked to Glenn um, about some things that I was keeping covered up from him, uh, that we wouldn't be able to move forward. So I had to confess some things to my husband um, and I knew that there was potential that that would confuse him and hurt him and anger him, possibly. But I knew that unless I did that, thank you. I knew. Just a minute. Hold on. We need. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't work that way. Does anybody know which mic you have? That's all right. It's on. <laughs> Corey will let somebody know. It's got reverb on it. All right. So there were some things that I was covering up. I need to backtrack because we all got distracted there. There were some things that I was covering up that uh, I knew that Glenn 
didn't know about in my life. And God had showed me that until I was able to be completely transparent with him, that he was not going to tell us the next step, that going into full-time ministry was not a place for us if, we, if I couldn't get that right. Um, and that wasn't true intimacy. When we, when we cover something up, yeah. um, because we look at intimacy as into me see in the English language. So into me, he can see. I feel like, there we go. I was going to say, I feel like somebody really needs to hear this and the enemy does not want you to know this. In into Jesus' me name. See, yes. Into me see. Intimacy. And when we adopted that naked and unashamed, it meant that no matter what was in my past, no matter what was in my present, I could be completely transparent with him and he would love me anyway. Not because he felt like it, but because of the covenant that we had made before God and the, the value that we placed on that covenant, he was going to love me uh, through it all. Yeah, and don't think for a moment. We can, talk, we can talk about that now. I mean, we'll be married 25 years in June, so it's like we can talk about that easy now. Yeah, I know. Isn't that great? That's awesome. <laughs> She's a great, very patient woman. Um, but don't think for a moment that that was easy. That was, that was an incredibly difficult time in our marriage because of that, but it was crucial for us moving forward and to be able to peel back those layers meant a lot. So, Yeah. So that was a recap of the first week. Uh, last week, I spoke about planning our relationships, counting the cost, having Christ as the foundation of all of our relationships, building the framework around his word, and then adding the finishing touches, the things that make us unique, uh, each one of us. And I love how when she presented that, Debbie was able to kind of drill down into some of the the interaction, the relationship between a husband and wife and, and other relationships like that. And she challenged uh, us to consider our, I'll say, some of the, our roles and some of the things that we carry in that. And, like, and, and guys, I just want to reiterate that this idea of, of loving our wives and living sacrificially and living for something bigger than ourselves and the challenge that goes with that, that, that it's like there's a cause to be lived for and, and it's like to be able to get over the, the self sometimes because as guys, sometimes we feel so justified in what we're doing, whether we're you know, in, in different things. So it's like just to be in a place of really, really um, laying down our lives for, for our spouse and uh, being able to be in a place of that. It's to examine our motives, examine our hearts, like just to be in that place of, of where, where we're hearing God's directives and acting, acting on them. It's a challenge, but it's what we're called to, and it's good. So, you know, kind of let's raise to that. Yeah. So we've talked about the building code. We've talked about foundation, framework, finishing touches. But what do we do when things don't go according to plan? <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah. it happens. Yeah, and I'm looking at the timer here. So we're both preaching this morning, and so we each, <laughs> we each prepared a 30-minute message. So just know that, just make sure you, yeah. So that means we get an hour, right? Yes. No. See, they, <laughs> no. All right, so many of the challenges associated with uh, navigating relationships of any kind are related to expectations. 
And, and it's like, you may, as soon as we kind of start to describe it, you'll, you'll kind of get what we meant. Because expectations, you know, some, or I really should say unmet expectations. Because expectations that are met, they're like we celebrate those. But when expectations are unmet, we all have them. Some of them are expressed, some of them are clear, some of them are mysterious, some are realistic, and some are not. So I want to, uh, Proverbs thirteen twelve. So Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a, love, uh, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Okay, so if you think about that, unmet expectations can kind of bring, it's like a challenge, right? It's like it can make us, heart, our hearts sick. Now, if we, if we think about that from the context of, of the nation of Israel, it's like I love, there's so many illustrations in, in the Old Testament, New Testament. And so I want to throw back to, to something in, to the nation of Israel. They had expectations as God's chosen people, right? They, they, they expected to be blessed. They expected land. There was a promise. They, they expected things to go a certain way. I mean, they were God's people, right? Yet through different things, different situations, whether it be disobedience or just some different things that came their way, they were defeated. They were scattered. And in the midst of that, the prophet Jeremiah comes and speaks to them. Okay, so they're in the midst of some very difficult, difficult things. And Jeremiah speaks to them. And many of you, if you've been in church circles for very long, you've heard this scripture probably quoted. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. So Jeremiah the prophet is speaking to the nation of Israel. And he says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And we quote that verse, and it's like, yes, awesome. Let me read you Jeremiah 29, verse 1. Gives you context. It says this. This is the text of the letter. Yeah, they wrote texts back then, too. This is the text <laughs> of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders among the exiles, to the priests, to the prophets, and other, other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem into Babylon. And we can read that and think, okay, it was to the priests and prophets and all those people. They were in exile in Babylon because the king, they were defeated. These guys were refugees. This was not good. And so the, the letter written to them was at that same time. It's like, we have, like, God's promises are good while they're in exile. The plans are good. But things hadn't gone according to plan. <laughs> when the process of building or renovating, you... you you learn after you've been in that industry for a while. You're doing building, you're, you're, get, you're doing renovations. Things don't always go according to plan. Suppliers, materials, circumstances. Downstairs, we're doing this awesome renovation. It's looking very good. I'm encouraged. I'm, I'm going to speak this out loud. I'm believing it's going to be done for the Good Friday service. Everything's going to be done. Yeah, and Curtis just said, what did he just say? <laughs> But we were down there, and one of the plans, there's two small classrooms at the far end of the hall. And I was like, oh, those two small classrooms would make a great single bigger classroom. So yeah, no problem. That's what we'll plan to do. We'll just tear down that dividing wall between them, and we're good to go. <laughs> Pulled back a little bit of drywall. We found a 12-inch concrete reinforced wall that went from floor to about here between those two little rooms. Let's just say things don't always go to according to plan, and so we've adjusted our plans slightly because of that. Yeah. So maybe you can relate. 
All too often when we're trying to live this abundant, wide open, spacious life that God has planned for us, reality can look pretty far removed from the expectations that we have. Maybe you expected to be married by now. Maybe you expected to be holding a child in your arms at this point. Maybe you had expectations of your husband or wife washing all the dishes and having your laundry washed and dried and ironed and folded and put away every single day. Get back here. (laughs) Yes, Maybe married couples, and I'm going to say it, maybe you have unmet expectations in regards to your sex life, either quality or Or quantity. quantity. These examples are real life, and when reality doesn't live up to our expectations, we can end up confused and hurt and angry and emotional and disappointed. I could keep going on. Now, some people would say say that we should lower our expectations. Well, don't just set your expectations so high. Bring them down a little bit, but I don't agree. I have heard it said that expectations are little more than premeditated resentments. Did you catch that? Say that again. Expectations are little more than premeditated resentments. Because a lot of times, unmet expectations cause resentment. Mm. The definition, or sorry, so if we aren't to lower our expectations, but having expectations is setting us up for resentment, then what do we do? Well, I want to challenge everyone who's looking to improve a relationship to lean in with expectancy. You see, expectancy and expectations are two different things. The definition of an expectation is a belief that someone will or should achieve something. Someone will or should achieve something. But the definition of expectancy says the state, so expectancy is the state of thinking or hoping that something, especially something pleasant, will happen to be the case. So it speaks to a hope rather than uh, that somebody should or will achieve something. I want to read a quote from a novel that I read a few years ago, and it just explains this uh, difference regarding relationships beautifully. So this was from fiction. It is not from the Bible, uh, but it explains it well. It says, if you and I are friends, There's an expectancy that exists within our relationship. When we see each other or are apart, there's an expectancy of being together, of laughing and talking. That expectancy has no concrete definition. It's alive and dynamic, and everything that emerges from our being together is a unique gift shared by no one else. But what happens if I change that expectancy into an expectation? either spoken or unspoken. Suddenly, law has entered into our relationship. You are now expected to perform in a way that meets my expectations. Our living friendship rapidly deteriorates into a dead thing with rules and requirements. It is no longer about you and me, but about what friends are supposed to do or the responsibilities of a good friend. Mm. I just think that explained that difference between the expectations and the expectancy so well. Expectancy does not expect things. Expectancy hopes. It has faith that good will come, but it releases the expectation of what or how will come about. So it leans in with hope, 
but it releases that how or what. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 to 19, I think speaks to this in, our, in any situation. It says, though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. It's like the song that we just sang, the nothing else, nothing else. When we put our expectations on the altar, then they get between us and God. We just need to have nothing else but lean in and give him praise no matter what. So in dealing with many unmet expectations in life and relationships, I want to challenge you to lean in with expectancy to God and trust that he is good, that his plans for you are great, and that he is able to restore our relationships. Release the expectations that you may have put on your relationships, but hold on to that expectancy, that hope. And there's times as we live in expectancy, that one of the greatest sources, I'll say, of unmet expectations or unfulfilled expectancy is, can be boiled down to communication. You're thinking, really? Well, you start to boil it down, let it simmer. <laughs> when it comes to almost any challenge in relationships, communication, it's a key factor. It's funny, George Bernard Shaw, who was a writer, he says, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it has taken place. Okay, you laughed, which is good. That means that it probably came across. You know, it's the illusion that it's taken place. If we could get communication right, seriously, if we could get communication right, we would be long on the way to accomplishing almost anything. And there's biblical precedence for that. You may be familiar with the story of Babel in Genesis chapter 11. It's mankind was getting a little cocky. Mankind was like getting pretty proud and full of themselves, a little bit arrogant. And so they had this idea. So in Genesis chapter 11, starting at verse 4, it says that they came and they said, Come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the earth. Right? Hey, man, let's, let's make ourselves famous. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us come down and, and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there and all over the earth and they stopped building the city. That's why it was called Babel because there the Lord confused the languages of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Now we have a wonderful, beautiful diversity of languages and cultures here in this room this morning that I celebrate. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I know it can make it more of a challenge to communicate with different languages, different accents, the number of times I've asked you how to say your name, just forgive me and we'll move on and I'll pray that someday I'll get it right. Sometimes we, we struggle to understand, understand each other. 
There's a communication barrier. For example, how many out there know that men and women speak different languages? It's interesting, you know, it's like hands start going up and the wife's like starts pulling the hand down. It's like, we don't speak different languages, you just don't listen. No, no, really, really, we do actually speak or communicate differently. Never, she would never do that, but. We do. We absolutely do. Many of you have probably heard this example because we share it quite often about when we kind of learned and realized that we were speaking different languages. Um, we used to live in a house that only had wood heat, so if somebody wasn't feeding the fire, uh, it, was, it would get chilly in there. And Glenn learned oft, early on that he often needed to translate what I was saying. If I commented that it seemed cool. I heard weather report. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, eventually he figured out that I was actually, when I said, oh, don't you find it cold in here? It wasn't a weather report. I was actually asking him to do something about it. Like, hand me the blanket that's on the back of your chair, or could you put more wood on the fire? Who knew? You know. <laughs> now, we've learned. He's learned to translate, and I still try to learn to communicate just a little bit more directly with him so that he doesn't have to, instead of just speaking vaguely, as we girls do. Sometimes, right? It's just a matter of communication. It's all good. I want to refer back to the, to the Tower of Babel for just a second. This could be a bit of reverse engineering, if you know what that is. But think of it this way. If breaking up people's communication kept them from accomplishing their plans, could it be that if true communication is restored, then so are the plans. It's the power of understanding each other, mutual understanding. The type of relationship makes little difference. Yeah. It could be business or romantic. It could be marriage or friendship. It could be parent or child. Like The type of relationship isn't the big difference, but when we communicate, when we really understand each other, we can accomplish the impossible. The scripture is so full of wisdom-type scriptures on communication. They're powerful. They're plentiful. I want to actually read a few of those, and if you want to jot them down to refer to them later, you can do that. But let me just throw out some ideas of how in the scriptures, when they're, they're talking back and forth, one of the folks that's writing here is Solomon, wisest man in the world, like 700 wives, he had to get communication right. I mean, <laughs> let's just say one of them is James, you know, that shoot from the hip kind of a guy that was very much direct and straight. So, so James chapter 1, verse 19. This is the guy that was very pointed in his communication, right? James, you know, that guy we're proud of because he says it like it is. He says, my dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I wonder if you learned that the hard way. <laughs> Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Ephesians 4.25, everybody's just kind of like, oh, right? Ephesians 4.25, 
Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Speak truthfully to one's neighbor. Man, sometimes that's hard to do. Sometimes we get invested in things. Sometimes we get scared. Sometimes different things come on. And, and we struggle. We struggle to put off falsehood and speak truthfully to our neighbors. Ephesians 4.29. I mean, Paul's got something going on here with the Ephesians. I'll tell you what. And then he says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but... Only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. We talked about uh, translating man and woman, right? But only what is helpful for, for building others up according to their needs. How many times when we're communicating are we trying to get our point across when possibly it's about communicating to build up to their needs. We're, we, we filter things through, well, this is what's got to be communicated through for their needs, not just our needs. I know, good stuff, huh? Colossians 4.6. Let your conversations be always full of grace. Mm. Colossians 4.6. Let your conversation be always full of grace seasoned with salt so that you may know how to answer everyone. Full of grace. Jesus is described as being full of grace and truth. Some of the strongest relationships are the relationships where grace is required. Mm. That's true. Yeah, it is. When you've come through something and you come out the other side, when grace has been applied... And there's still a connection? Yeah. Mm. Powerful. Full of grace, seasoned with salt. Proverbs 15.1, Solomon, the man with many, many, many wives. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Everybody's got this stuff playing through their mind, right? They're thinking about, okay, times when this didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you taking notes, Darlene? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I had a girl. And I don't know why. I don't know why, but many times those that we are the closest with get the worst of us. The least grace, the harshest response, the quickest opinion, but the slowest listening or little or no communication at all. And then there's always, well, he should know. Or, well, she should know. Can I just say that's not helpful? It may be true, but it's not helpful. That just traps people in cycles of non-communication. If you're going to assume anything, assume that they don't have a clue. And wives, most times you'll be right. (laughs) But stop shooting on people. Oh, say that slower. Okay. (laughs) Stop shooting on people. He should. 
He should. He she should. should. Yeah. Okay. Should. Yeah. Okay. I think you better take over because I just said should. <laughs> no. Oh, I got to keep going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we smile, we laugh, and I'm glad we can. It means that the point might be getting across, but in the midst of all this, in the midst of the challenges, in the midst of any relationship, friendship, marriage, working relationship, you name it, any relationship, we can never, ever underestimate the restorative power of God. The God who reconciled us to him through Jesus Christ. The God that can make us right with a holy God. The God that, that has bridged the gap for us is also at work in us to reconcile us to others. The God who heals the heart can bring healing to relationships. Absolutely. The more secure we are in our relationship with God, the more secure we can be in our relationship with others. Yes. And when our internal world is at peace, our circumstances have way less impact on the outlook that we have at life and our relationships within each other. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to ask the worship team to come on back now. So can we agree together that we're going to lean in to our marriages, lean in to our friendships, lean into our parenting with expectancy, and choose to have clear communication in every aspect of our lives. As Glenn said, maybe, just maybe, if we can understand each other completely, nothing will be impossible. That's the type of families that our city needs. Yes. The type of marriages that our city needs. The Come type on. of friendships that those around us need to see. You know, when we can lean in and nothing be impossible. This topic of relationships is huge. We could spend the entire year on it. I know last week I was mentioning we could spend at least six months just on marriages, on husbands and wives, but I hope that we've been able to bring some clarity, some wisdom to you over the past few weeks. Now, we aren't done yet. If you still have questions, we have these question cards home improvements, uh, and the back of it says, my question is. So if there's something that we've not dealt with or if there's something that we've said that just kind of went, whoa, wait, I need to know more about that, write that down because if that thought has come into your head or you have a question, most likely five or ten other people here also have the same question. And the more questions that we get that are the same, then that will be the questions that we answer in two weeks' time. Yeah, so make sure you get those in. Now, next week, we've got a little bit of a, I don't know, a break from us for a minute, because next week, we've got Danny McKee, or McKay, however you want to pronounce it, who's coming. He's with, he's going to be at Jesus to the Nations, but he's the guy from I Am Second, and so he's one of the guys for the founders of that, and he's going to be here, he's going to be speaking. So we're not going to be answering your questions next week, but get them to us, because we want time to be able to look these over, to pray about them, uh, to pull that team together. So make sure you get those in. If, if you can get them in this week, it's way better for us. Yeah, yeah. So fill those out. You can drop them off um, in the prayer box at Faith Next, along with prayer requests um, and whatever else goes in there at Faith Next. Can we pray for you? Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and start? Let's stand. You've been sitting for a while.
Scripture talks about how good it is when we can live together in unity. It's there God declares a blessing. And really, when we talk about relationships, when we talk about communication, we talk about all those things, it's really about unity in the body. It's about us being connected in that way. And so, God, we just thank you for your word, and we thank you for the truth that it contains. We thank you, God, that, that you come and you, you restore things in us. God, you come and you've, you've reconciled us to you, God, through Jesus, and we thank you for that restoration. But I pray for those that are here this morning, God, that are in the midst of, of disappointment they're in the midst of brokenness they're in the midst of challenges in relationship whether it be any relationship God I pray that you would transform that, transform that despair into expectancy yes. God you would heal hearts Lord that you would you would come in and you'd comfort and you'd bring that peace that passes understanding, Lord. And in the midst of that, Lord, there would be a sense of, God, you are at work. So, Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for, for friendships that are going well. I thank you for marriages that are thriving. And I thank you for, for a, a church community that is, is, is friendly and outgoing and, and desiring to connect and to be able to reach our city with the gospel of Jesus Christ and embrace people just as they are. Yes. So, God, stir our hearts and help us to understand what it really means to communicate and be unified. Yeah. God, I just pray over parents in this place this morning. God, that relationship between parents and children, God, I just pray strength in this place. God, that as they lean in for all that you have planned for their families, God, that, that they would glean wisdom, Lord, in how to raise men and women who love God. God, I pray over the marriages in this place. God, that you would bring just a, a unified front, that clear communication, God, that nothing can stop the plans that you have for the marriages, God. I pray for those, Lord, that, that might be single in this place, God, that are looking to their future and seeking your will. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just be there all in all. God, that as they, they have this time, that, that they would devote that time, God, to just making you a, a firm foundation. God, and that you would bring about the good plans that you have for each one of us. Thank you, Lord, for your word. God, thank you that it is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that we can stand on the wisdom that we glean from it. Thank you, God. In your name we pray, amen.